Hallelujah. Well, are you blessed tonight? Oh, come on. Are you blessed? Hallelujah. And one said, and highly favored. Praise God. Well, we've been receiving on a regular basis the engrafted Word of God. Listen, this house does not lack for Word. This house is getting plenty of the Word of God. And so therefore, we should be absolutely packed to the max. But how many of you know there's always room for more? God wants to give us abundantly and above and beyond what we can possibly ask and or think. He wants us to be blessed to the highest degree level possible in our life. Amen. Bow your head with me. We'll get started with a word of prayer. Father, we just come to you in Jesus' name, praising and thanking you for another opportunity to be able to open up the word of God and to be able to receive that which you have uh, prepared for us tonight. We thank you, Lord, that as we stand to minister, we minister as an oracle of God. You've established in your word, Lord, that you want to use vessels to be, be able to flow through to be able to minister to the needs of your people. So, Lord, I thank you for using my thoughts, using my voice, and using every part of my body to be able to be a blessing to this congregation. Lord, that the word of God, that they receive, their hearts are open, they're prepared and ready to receive it. And, Lord, they'll be blessed abundantly above all they can possibly ask and or think in Jesus' name. Everybody's in agreement, say amen. Praise God. Open up your Bibles, if you would, please, to Mark's Gospel, chapter number 9. Mark's Gospel, chapter 9. I'm going to minister tonight on a subject matter called Hit the Holy Ghost Reset Button. Hit the Holy Ghost reset button. How many, how many of you know there's times in our life that we need to get things just reset? It's not that we don't know. It's not that we haven't heard. It's not necessarily that we don't believe. But sometimes we just need to get it reset. How many of you know going back to the basics sometimes is a very good thing? That we keep fresh uh, on the things that we got established on. There's certain things that God wants you and I to have in our life on a consistent basis. Pastor uh, ministered not long ago, had us minister not long ago uh, as well on going back to the basics, just getting back to the basics. How many of you know that we have to have faith in order to be able to accomplish anything? We'll talk about that a little bit tonight, but in Mark's gospel chapter Number nine, I want to read a story to you. It's a familiar story, but I want to read it to you. There's some things that are really important in it that helps you to be able to see that sometimes we just need to reset ourselves to where we are flowing with what God's word has to say. Starting at verse number 14, it says, And when he came to pass his disciples, he saw a great, he saw a great multitude about them and the scribes questioning with them. And straightway all the people 
when they beheld him, uh, were greatly amazed and running to him, they saluted him. And he asked the scribes, he said, what question ye with them or with the disciples? And one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which hath a dumb spirit. And uh, whithersoever he taketh him, he teareth him, and he foameth, and he gnasheth with his teeth, and he pineth away. And I spake to thy disciples that they should cast him out, and they could not. They could not. Now, hadn't Jesus already given them authority to go and do those things? To cast out devils, to heal the sick? To do the things that were necessary, but yet, for some reason, they couldn't get this job done that was being requested. They came to the disciples because the disciples were followers of Jesus. It was, it was just expected of them that If you're going to follow someone, then you're going to be an imitator of the one that you follow. Jesus was going about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil because God was with him, because he was filled with the Holy Ghost and with power. Well, the disciples, they they had been following the master, seeing, and the master had given them the authority to go and to do the very same things that he was doing. And so it was only natural for them to come to the disciples, but whenever they became discouraged because the disciples couldn't get the job done, Jesus showed up on the scene. Thank God for Jesus. But you know, Jesus is paving the way for you and I to be able to do all of the things that he did. He was setting the pace for you and I and for his disciples so that they could accomplish everything that was necessary. And so that's the reason they came. And it said, uh, it goes on and it says, He pineth away, and I spake uh, to thy disciples, and they uh, could could not cast him out. Uh, They they just could not. He answered him, and he saith, O faithless generations, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. And they brought him unto him, and when he saw him, straightway the spirit tearing. That's just how the devil always does things. He always tries to manifest and, and try to get distraction. And he fell on the ground, and he wallowed foaming, and he asked his father, the young boy's father, how long is it ago since this came unto him? And he said, said of a child. Notice that he did not say when he was born. It said it came on him as a child. Somehow he got entranceway, the enemy got entranceway into this child's life, but the father recognized that there was a spirit problem. He recognized it, and he didn't know what to do about it until he heard that there, were, there was Jesus and there was disciples following Jesus, and that's the reason that he came, they came unto, unto uh, the disciples was so that they, he could get some results from what was going on in the child's life that he did not know how to do himself. He said, of a child, and oft times it hath cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. But if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said unto him, if thou canst believe, 
if thou canst, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. How many things are possible? All things are possible to him that believeth. Now I want to stop there just for a moment. You all understand. I know that you understand this. Jesus has accomplished everything that's necessary. Redemption has been paid in full. When he said, it is finished, it's finished. He doesn't need to do anything else. He is not going to heal one more person. That sounds hard, doesn't it? He's not going to heal another person. Well, he doesn't have to because he's already done it. He doesn't need to do what he's already done. He has accomplished everything that is necessary. Redemption is a complete package. Sometimes we just need to hit the reset button and say, Lord, reset the way I'm thinking. The coronavirus, as already has been said, it has no authority. It has no power. It has no right to the blood-bought church. And the only way it, it, it can get in is if we get into doubt, fear, and unbelief. So if we give it no place, then it, it can't do anything. So why would I even think to give it place? Now, I know that we need to use wisdom. God gave us a brain. He expects us to use it. Look at your neighbor and say, he's talking to you. Be gentle now. But Jesus has accomplished everything. Everything that's necessary. So I want to give you four things tonight. Number one, there is nothing that's impossible with the Lord. Absolutely nothing. He can do all things. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And sometimes we just need to refresh our remembrance concerning those things. In John 14, 26, you don't have to put it on the screen, but it says this. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. That's my reset button. That's my Holy Ghost reset button. Is he will bring all things back to my remembrance, the things that I have been taught. You know, sometimes it, it's, it's a known fact that people only receive 10% of anything that's ever ministered at any one given time. That's the reason we have to go back and re-listen, take good notes and go back and refresh so that we can get impregnated into us in a revelation knowledge, taught truth, so that we can have uh, the right to walk in the newness of life. He's called us to walk in the newness of life, not just talk about the newness of life, but to be able to walk in it. Now think about it. God, whenever he said, let there be light, did light show up? Is there anything that God has ever said 
that it didn't come to pass. Did you know that light is still pushing darkness away? That was spoken from the beginning of time and light is still pushing darkness back. It's going into galaxy after galaxy after galaxy after galaxy. And it's pushing darkness back. When Jesus took stripes on his body, he did it once and for all. Every known sickness and unknown sickness is covered underneath those stripes that he took and the blood that was poured out. Your redemption will never change because Jesus finalized it and established it in his blood. I'd like to make a, a correction. We, we use the word... This word, we say that we're covered by the blood of the Lamb. Let's change it just a little bit. We're not just covered. We appropriate the blood. The blood is appropriated in our life when we lay claim upon that blood. We've got rights to it. We've got right to financial victory. The Lord said everything we lay our hand to, God would cause it to prosper. Because I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You have every right to prosper. You have every right to be in health. But in order to be in health, you've got to get healed. So you have the right to healing so that you can walk in health. 3 John 3 says... Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper, be in health, even as your soul prospers. Your mind, your will, your emotions, as they come into alignment with the will of God, the Word of God, then we begin to enjoy the fullness of everything everything that God has for us. This man was just simply looking for a relief for his son, And the disciples couldn't do it. It wasn't that they didn't want to do it. They just couldn't seem to get the manifestation. Now we know that the end result here, he says, this kind cometh out not but by by prayer and fasting. But the point was, is Jesus had made the statement to the Father. He said, if thou canst believe... If thou canst believe, all things, sir, are possible to you. The father responds back. And he said, Lord, he does this with tears. He said, Lord, I believe. I believe it. But help thou mine unbelief. I believe it in here, but I don't grasp it in here. How many of you know you're a three-part being? A spirit, a soul, and a body. How many of you know your spirit man is what's born again? Your soul man is what gives you your mind, your will, and your emotions. Many times we're trying to get the Lord to work through us 
through our mental comprehension or our brain. Our, you, you have to understand your brain is not your mind. Your mind is in your soul, man, in your spirit, man. Your soul and your spirit are connected together. And so the father was saying, I, be, I believe this in my head. I believe because I brought my son to you. I believe it in my head. But help thou mine unbelief. Your disciples couldn't do it. What makes me think that you can do it? Church, when we walk out these doors, we're the light. We are light. We're not going to be light. We are light. Amen? We are hope. We have the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, temperance, meekness, long-suffering, gentleness, kindness. Against such, and faithfulness, against such, there is no law. Nothing can stop the characteristics of God that are inside of you and I, except me. You ever heard the term, I'm my own worst enemy? We ought to look at ourselves in the mirror and start telling ourselves who we are. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm an heir and I'm a joint heir with Christ Jesus. Everything I put my hand to, God causes it to prosper. I lay hands on the sick and I see them recover. I cast out devils in the name of Jesus. Amen. I have authority. Amen. I think sometimes we need to write on the bottom of our, sh- of our shoes, you're under our feet. So that he can see it. And remember, he does not belong on our bodies. Just like he didn't belong on this young man's body either. And Jesus took care of the matter. Jesus saw that the people came running together. They're, they're looking for a show now. Jesus is not interested in a show. Jesus is interested in results. He doesn't need any more doubt, fear, and unbelief showing up on the scene. said, running together, he rebuked the foul spirit, saying unto him, Thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee, come out of him and enter no more into him. Now, if we could get the recording of the results... Of that, we would probably, well, we would find that that spirit never came back into that young boy's life. Why? Because we have Emmanuel, God with us. Remember, he, Jesus said, if you have seen the Father, or if you've seen me, you have seen the Father. The things that I am doing, I'm not doing them of myself. I'm doing because I've seen my Father do them. I'm speaking the words that I have heard my father speak. Well, we are his disciples, disciplined followers. We should be speaking and saying the same thing. That's what the man was looking for, someone that was speaking and saying the same thing of the one that was teaching them to follow. And it said, and he cried, and the spirit cried and rent him sore, and he came out of him And he was as one dead insomuch that they said, he is dead. 
But Jesus, everybody say, but Jesus. Jesus. Now, say, but your name. Say your name. But Phil. But Phil. He took him by the hand and he lifted him up and he arose. And when he was coming to the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could we not do this? Why didn't they ask him publicly? We get quiet. We just need to say, I just need to reset my Holy Ghost button here. Because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Oh, I might have gotten into myself for just a moment or two, but I'm coming back. I'm resetting that button in my life. I'm coming back to the source of my supply. He is my supply. Spirit, soul, body, and domestic. Everything that I have need of is wrapped in him, and I'm a part of him. I'm, I'm, I'm in there hook, line, and sinker. How about you? All the way. So the first thing, the very first thing is we have to learn to pull the limits off. What is it that God cannot do? He can't make you do it. That's one thing he can't do. He can't make you serve him. He can't make you believe that. You have to do that. It's called choice. Your choices in life. How many of you know your choices in life affect you and everybody that's connected to you? Whether they be good or bad. They affect more than just you. In Matthew chapter number 8 and verse 13. The centurion. It's the story of the centurion. Verse 13 says, And Jesus said unto the centurion. He said, Go thy way, and as thou hast believed, as you've believed, so be it done unto thee. As you believe, sir. Be it done unto thee. How many of you know this man's faith marveled Jesus? He said, I haven't seen such great faith. No, not in all of Israel. He's a centurion. He's a Roman soldier. Has an allegiance to a different God. But he says, I understand authority. And he says, I recognize that you have authority in certain venues of life that I don't have. And he said, my son needs to be healed, but I don't need you to come into my house because Jesus had volunteered to go into his home. He says, I'm not worthy to have you in my home. He said, but if you will speak the word only, Jesus, if you will speak the word only, Master, Rabbi, master, teacher. He said, then I know, I know. I know that my son will be healed. And it says, and he marveled. Jesus marveled. 
said, I haven't seen. I haven't, just haven't seen that. I haven't seen that in my own disciples. I mean, you know, faith has action. Faith, faith is an action word. It's not just, it's, it's not a passive word. It's not a sit down word. It's an active word. But there was nothing impossible. That's what that father was saying. He said, I know it can happen because you've got authority in that arena. I recognize that authority in that arena. How many people recognize that authority in this church? Outside of this church. It should be the norm for us to see signs, wonders, and miracles. It should be normal. It shouldn't be an abnormal thing. When people come in here, halt, maim, lame, blind, deaf, dumb, and possessed of devils, they ought to get set free. Because this is a house, we are breeders of the faith of the living God. We are instruments in the hands of a sovereign God. There is no other God like our God. He is the one and only true God. Everybody else serves gods that are stones made out of wood. Every other type of thing that you can possibly think of. But we've got a God that sits on his throne and he's still given orders from headquarters. He's been and will always be. Has no beginning, has no ending. He's a God that lives eternally. He's eternal. Just like you're eternal. Just depends on what decision you make and where you spend your eternity. He said, before you were ever put in your mother's womb, I knew you. Well, how did he know me? We won't go there. That's something else. We want to get to these other things. He said, go thy way. As thou hast believed... So be it done unto thee. Then in Matthew 9, verses 27 through 30, we're still talking about nothing's impossible. And I just think about, just from, from reading my Bible through the years and everything else, I mean, he's just, I mean, every time you turn the page, you see God up to something wonderful. Just going around, just doing good. He just loves to do good. He loves to minister to you and I's needs. Matthew chapter number 9, verse 27 and 30. This is about two blind men. And these two blind men have come to Jesus. And they're saying, Thou son of David, have mercy on us. Thou son of David. Blind Bartimaeus did the same thing. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And you know what? It got Jesus' attention. Now, if you read the story, Jesus healed their blind eyes. He opened their eyes up. Because he went about Doing good. The miraculous was normal for Jesus. 
Jesus' disciples were out in a boat on the way to the other side as given instruction by him, but they got caught up in a storm. And they were rowing, trying to get to the other side, but they were making no headway. And so Jesus sees the situation. He didn't have time, didn't want to take the time to get him another boat from some other place to try to go attend to his disciples. He just went to them walking on the water. He, does, he defied every natural thing that there was on this planet. He spoke to the wind and the wind ceases. The wind has ears and it listens to faith. He goes walking on the water to his disciples and the disciples see him and they begin to immediately think it's a spirit. Why would they do that? After you've been in the camp, the best faith camp that there could possibly ever be, and your first response is, it's a spirit. And Peter says, Lord, if it's you, if it's really you, bid me to come on the water, or bid me to come. And Jesus said, come. Only one man got out of the boat that day, One man asked the question, but Jesus said, come. Did you know that the other 11 could have gotten out on the water too? They could have gone. Why didn't they go? Well, I think it's real obvious. That's not normal in the natural, but it is in the supernatural. The supernatural is not bound by that which is natural. The Lord said, call those things that be not as as though they were. Why should we find it uncommon for us to speak to the coronavirus to stop and desist its activities? Why not? We've got the authority. Jesus said, not only will you do the things that I've done, but you'll do far greater. So we can do those other things. Say, I'm a can-doer. I'm not a can't-doer. I'm a can-doer. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Notice where the source of supply comes from. From the Lord. Amen. So these blind men, they simply stepped out. They came to Jesus. Jesus honored them where they were at. And he healed their blind eyes. That was normal. That was supernatural. It's it's natural to be supernatural. This should be known as a supernatural church. Do you believe that? My last one for this. Mark's Gospel, chapter number 5. Turn with me if you would there, please. Mark's Gospel, chapter 5. This is about the woman with the issue of blood. It starts in verse number 25. But I just want to, want to, to read to you. Or I want you to see this, this verse number 34. And it says, Jesus is speaking to her. And he said unto her, he said, Daughter, 
Thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. Now this woman has suffered at the hands of physician for 12 years. She tried everything in the natural. Now listen to me. Don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not against doctors. Thank God for doctors. If it wasn't for doctors, some of us wouldn't be here. Thank God for them. How many of you know they get their information from headquarters? Just like every other entity that's in the earth today got their initial information from headquarters. How many of you know that all governments were established by God himself? Just because man hasn't functioned in the governments the way that they should doesn't mean that God didn't implement them. If they will operate and do what even as ours say, if you go into the rotunda, you'll see it's in God we trust. And if we would really do that, I think we would be a whole lot further down the line here. But man has always tried to gravitate for some reason or another. The enemy wants to bring division. If he can bring division, and we've got great division right now inside of our house and inside of our Senate right now, when we ought to be working together to accomplish really what God wants upon this planet for us as a people. What's that got to do with this lady's issue? Well, when she heard about Jesus, she started saying within herself, if I can but touch the hem of his garment, I know that I will be made whole. Now, would you say that that's some faith in operation? That's the reason Jesus spoke back to her and he said, thy faith hath made thee whole. How many of you know her faith gave her some action? She had an issue of blood according to the Levitical law which they were still living under at the time, she was not to go any place within a hundred paces of any human being that was not infected. Death was the result if you did. So she put her life on the line. And the Bible says she pressed through the crowd. Jesus was being thronged by all kinds. Everywhere Jesus went, Hundreds, thousands of people follow Jesus, and she presses through the crowd to get down to the bottom of the hem of his garment. Now, what was the difference in her faith and the centurion's faith? Both of them had faith. But what was the difference? Hers was a touch of the hem of his garment. That's where her faith was. If I can but touch the hem of his garment, then I know that I will be made whole. Centurion said, speak the word only. Speak the word only, and I know that my servant shall be made whole. Jairus is in the same story. And Jairus' faith was to come and for Jesus to lay his hands upon his daughter. She was at the point of death. Where was his faith? In Jesus taking and putting his hands upon the daughter. Was Jesus willing to do that? Yes. Was Jesus willing to let someone touch the hem of his garment and virtue flow from him? Yes. Was Jesus willing to speak the word only and that the servant would be made whole? Yes. 
according to your faith, according to my faith, be it done unto me. Hallelujah. She got what she was looking for, but because she was willing to do what was necessary, which is my second point. First point is, is he can do anything. You have to convince yourself on the inside that he can do anything. Anything. I mean, Moses stood and at the command of the Lord, did what God told him to do, and he told him to stretch his staff out over the Red Sea. Moses didn't know what all was going to transpire and happen. God didn't tell him. He just said, stand, stretch out your rod over the Red Sea. So he stood, and the Bible says, and God called an east wind to blow all night. What a fan that must have been. Because it not only parted the Red Sea, but it dried the ground as it went by. That is a huge fan. You know as well as I do when a river gives of it, it's water. It's just sludge, mud, and everything that intertwined in it. But they went over on dry ground. So the second thing is, is that the master key to God is faith. Always has been, always will be. And the thing about it is, is he gave to you the faith that was necessary. You have it. You're not going to have it. You already have it. Hebrews 11.6 says, Without faith it's impossible to please him. But he that cometh to God must believe that he is. And that he is a rewarder. Say he's a rewarder. Look at your neighbor say he's a rewarder. Who diligently seek him. He's a rewarder. His promise and provisions are ours, but we have to sometimes reset that button so that we can get ourselves back on course. Listen, they've, they've even got resets on, on your computers. Aren't you glad for a reset button occasionally whenever you mess up royally? You can reset it and you'll return it back to its original settings. I'm thankful for that. It's on the phone, too. I'm thankful for that. In Galatians 5 and 6, it says, For in in Jesus Christ neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. He said, The only thing that I'm asking is that if you want faith to have its results that you're looking for and that I'm looking for for you, he said, It's got to operate by love. How many of you know that love is the final key? Love never fails. It's the final. Everything function off of love. Hebrews 10.38 says, in the first part it says, Now the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. It's a shall thing. Galatians 3 and 11 says the same thing. Habakkuk says the same thing. 
the just shall live by faith. A minister message one time, just the just shall live by faith. Just the just shall live by faith. We're supposed to be a faith word church. We believe in faith, amen? Number three. Number three, God has given to every born again believer the measure of faith. God has given to every born again believer the measure of faith. What measure? The measure that's necessary. You can have the measure as a grain of mustard seed and say unto a mountain, Be thou removed. Be thou cast into the sea. If you don't doubt it in your heart, then what is a mountain? It's an obstacle. It's anything that's standing in your way that's trying to keep you from your determined destination that you're believing for. If you're believing for healing, speak to it. Tell it. It does not have the authority nor the right. You're blood-bought. Romans chapter number 12. Two more scriptures. One more thought, two more scriptures. Romans chapter 12. You know this. He says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. How many of you know that you have the same measure that he has? He gave you his faith. He gave you his patience. He gave you his long-suffering. He gave you everything. It's his character. That's your character. In your life. So God has given to every born again believer the, the necessary elements in life, the things in life, the spiritual walk, the spiritual well being, all of the tools and the ingredients that are necessary for us to be able to walk in the abundance of all things. That's His promise, that's His provisions for our life. Well, Pastor, my life doesn't look like it. I mean, things just don't look like it. I don't have the job that I want. Well, hold on just a minute. Are we talking to God about it? I mean, God will bring change. He'll bring change in circumstances and situations if you'll dare to trust Him and believe Him. He'll do it because He's made that promise. Last point. The battlefield of your life and in my life is in the mind. Romans chapter number 12. I'm going to read it to you out of the Amplified Bible. Verses 1 and 2. We just got through reading it out of the King James. 
He said, I appeal to you, uh, therefore, brethren, and beg of you in view of all the mercies of God to make a decisive dedication of your bodies, presenting all your members and faculties as a living sacrifice, holy, devoted, consecrated, and well-pleasing to God, which is your reasonable, rational, and intelligent service and spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, this age, fashioned after and adapted to its external, superficial customs. But be transformed, changed by the entire renewal of your mind by its new ideas and its new attitude. How many of you know a good attitude take you up to a higher altitude? So that you may prove for yourselves what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God, even the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in His sight for you. How many of you know God wants His very, very best for your life? So sometimes we just need to go back, sit down, and hit the reset button. And say, Holy Ghost, I'm supposed to be following what you have set out for me. How many of you know the Holy Ghost is our helper? How many of you know he's our instructor? How many of you know he's the one that reproves us? He'll bring correction to us. He may use an individual to do that, but if they're being used by the Holy Spirit of God, speaking as an oracle of God, the Holy Spirit is using them to speak the mind and the will and the purposes of God himself for an individual life or for a congregation's life. This house is not just another house. This house is an anointed house. It's anointed, it's appointed, and it has a purpose and a plan. And all God is trying to get us to do is get in agreement and say yes and amen. Just tell us how to get it done. We're willing to do whatever it takes, wherever it takes, however it takes. To get the job done for you. There's hurting people outside these walls. Give us a plan of action and attack. And we've got plans of action. We've already got plans of attack. And they're working. They're working. And they're working for you. I don't know what you might be going through or what you might be struggling with in your own personal life. You don't know the things that I deal with in my own personal life. But I'll tell you what, God has the answer. And I know this much. If I will just let him be who he said that he was in me, then he will help those things to get corrected. If I'm open and I'm teachable and I'm subject to change, he'll bring it to pass. But it's up to me and it's up to you. Amen. Amen. Praise God. The man was willing to bring his son, expecting to get some results. He did get results. Anybody could have answered Jesus whenever he asked the scribes. 
But this man stepped up and said, Sir, I'm the one that has caused this multitude to gather. And it's because I have a need. I brought him, brought him to your disciples, and they couldn't get it done. And Jesus said, oh, faithless. You're, the faith, you're faithless. You're not functioning in the faith that I've been teaching you. He said, bring him to me. We'll, ha- we'll handle this for you. He hit his reset button. And he came with a purpose in mind. We need to sometimes hit our reset buttons. The Holy Ghost button in our life. And let God do what he wants to do best. Philippians 2 and 5 says, let this mind be in you. Let the mind be in you, which was also in Christ. You have to let it. I have to let it. It's up to me. Amen. Well, did you get something tonight? Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, we're going to receive our offering this evening. How many of you are ready to give to the Lord? I want a better amen than that. Amen. Amen. Come on. He said, give and it shall be given unto you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. Shall he cause men to give back into your bosom? For with the same measure that you meet with all, it will be met unto you again and again and again and again. It just keeps on. He just keeps on keeping on. Man, I just wish we had time to tell you all of the miracles God has done through the years in our life, personally. I can just imagine if all of us were to be able to to stand and share all of the greatness and the goodness of how God has supernaturally intervened in our life. It's, it's just phenomenal, I know. He's such a good God. And He's so personal. And we need to keep it that way. Amen? Let's have our ushers come forward, if you would, please. Want to pray over it? Take it, your offering, if you would, lift it to heaven. Amen. Father, as we have purpose in our hearts, so let us give. Not grudgingly, not out of necessity. You love cheerful givers. Yes. And so we just thank you for the opportunity to be Uh, a blessing, and then, Lord, to be blessed in return. We expect increase off of that which we have sown in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless you.